Hey, welcome back to the Nipur. This week we talk about Penelope Bourbon. We've got two offerings. One's an off-premise private select and another one is an Illinois selected toasted barrel. It's a fun episode. Hope you guys enjoy. We're live, baby. Hey, welcome back to the Neat Poor Podcast. Nick is here. And Shalanda is here. And guess what? We're here with episode 55. I can dig it. Hey, Shalanda, this is the Penelope Bourbon episode. We're going to be sipping on two variants of Penelope Bourbon. Um, of course, this is the Neat Poor when uh, Afro Beer Chick and Chicago Beer Geeks come together. We're collectively known as the Neat Poor Podcast. This is a show where we always drink the good stuff and we focus on the beauty in the barrel. Shalanda, how do we sound? We sound amazing. All right, so we've got some news. We've got some bourbons. Um, let's break down these bourbons right out the gate for you. Uh, Penelope Bourbon is a non uh, distilling producer out of Roselle, New Jersey. So both of these offerings are going to be uh, five year MGP products, right? Uh, one is an off premise private select. Mm-hmm. Uh, so off premise private select. And then the other one is an Illinois Select Toasted Barrel. Okay. Yeah. So that's where we are with those. Um, we were sipping on these in the pre-show a little bit. Um, the f- most interesting thing so far is that they're both four-grain products. Okay. But not in the way that, um, say, our, our wonderful Few Spears 10th Anniversary. Shout out to Few. Um, Shout out Few. Not in the way that their spirit is a four-grain. Right. That's like a true four-grain where it's like... And we made this one whiskey, and we put the four grains in it. Right. You know, with bald, uh, malted barley, uh, corn, rye, wheat. Right. Mm-hmm. This is actually a blend of three different bourbons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll read the bourbons to you here real quick. Um, I should I should have this shit ready as if I'm doing a fucking show, huh? I mean, uh, yeah, that yeah. would help. You slipping. All right. So um, there's a uh, three mash bills. There's a 21 percent rye bourbon, a 99 percent corn bourbon. And a 45% weed bourbon. Mm-hmm. Blend those all together to get your four grain. And, of course, there's malted barley in all three of those. So there you go. And there you have it, folks. Yeah, in your mouth. Wear it. So let's... <laughs> that, that was a bit aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you been drinking? Um, yeah, just a tad, man. I'm a big fan. I got into the toasted a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been leaning heavy on this... Uh, on this four grain uh, Illinois Select, I guess we could talk about off premise, mm-hmm. which is slowly becoming you know one of my favorite spots outside of our uh, our typical Vinnie's romps. Right. Um, off premise is a crew that's in uh, Lincoln Park, mm-hmm. so it's right off Armitage. You know, actually not too far from the original Goose Clyburn. Right. Just like walking distance from there, really. Mm-hmm. And um, off premise, you let those guys tell it. They're the reason that smoke wagon smoke wagons in town. You know, because they don't play the game. They don't play the Sazerac game. There's no, there's no Blantons. There's no Fireball. Right. And there's no Sazerac products. But what they do is lean heavy on these MGP offerings. Mm-hmm. You know, and they actually, they uh, when you go in, they pour a bunch of MGP samples for you, so you can get familiar with them. And then they let you, um, you know, and it influences the way you you approach these whiskeys. That's one thing I was in, in Benny's this week, and I wished I could try a bottle before dropping, you know, hundred plus dollars on it. Yeah. You know, so I think those smaller products, those smaller operations are a bit more nimble and they're taking advantage of that. Like, hey, you come in here and try this shit. You know? So I can appreciate that. That's dope. Um, MGP, speaking of MGP, I just wanted to run down a few of the MGP products that we've had on the show. You know, the aforementioned Smoke Wagon mm-hmm. is one. Um, now there's Penelope is another, but shit, Mayor Pingree was mm-hmm. it was MGP. Uh, Old Elk. Mm-hmm. The, the Remus Repeal. Uh, Sangamore Rye. Bull Run, 
all those whiskeys from the exact same uh, facility in, in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. You know, it's so funny because you get so many people that actually knock the MPG. MPG juice. You've been watching Prince movies. You're thinking of the MPG. I, I was yes, I was watching uh, Graffiti Bridge. Don't knock me. But anyway, um, yeah. But you know, it, it's it's so funny because you get something different with each one. So it's it's not as if you're gonna get the characteristics. Oh, Sangamore Ride tastes like Penelope Barrel Strength, or it tastes like the Remus. You know. You yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you 100%, man. You can still find a signature. You can still find your signature taste and offer something new to the game, even though it's all being produced at the same facility. You know, blending is everything. You know, whether it's John, John Laffler at Off Color Brewing telling you that, or, you know, shit, look at how uh, the Van Winkles are. The Van Winkles mm-hmm. have never been distillers. They've always been blenders, mm-hmm. right? But blending is everything. You know, you can't sit here and tell me that well or twelve tastes just like Lot B. No, it doesn't. It's the exact same fucking recipe. Yeah. You know, blending is a big part of it, you know. Blending. Um, something about when them smoke wagon barrels go out to fucking Nevada and get really big apple and fucking cherry notes. It's crazy. Come on, Nick. Let's start a distillery and we just do use MPG juice and then we just kind of blend. New power generation? New power generation. <laughs> it's actually, um, well, you know, they're, uh, what are they, Ross and Squibb now. They're not even MGP anymore. That's right. That's true. Yeah. Damn, you know what? That's not like something off of a SpongeBob commercial. Um, Who came up with that name? Bristol Myers Squibb is the people that make aspirin. So that's all I think of when I, when I hear I know, Squibb, hey. just the name Squibb in I general. think my Squibb word off of SpongeBob. That's neither here or there. Yeah. Um, so we're going to dive into these during this entire episode. Um, but we got a little bit of news. So let's talk about some news here. Uh, the good folks at Uncle Nearest are in the news, Shalanda. You know? What are they doing? Well, you know, they are suggesting um, that they're going to discontinue their uh, 1856 and uh, 1884 uh, could, lines. Could it be that they're they're gearing up for their actual juice now, now that their distillery is up and running? That's what it sounds like. It looks like it's been about four years. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they were sourcing from, well, you know, non-disclosed. They're not supposed to say, but you mm-hmm. turn the bottle over and it tells you where it's from. Right. Um, but it sounds like if the reason that you haven't been seeing those bottles is because they've been trying to allow the shelves to clear so that they can come out with a different product. I mean, it makes sense because, you know, even with the last few times that we've gone to Benny's, like I haven't seen any type of Uncle Nearest products, and I'm like, damn, I'm running short on Uncle Nearest, but I haven't been able to, to catch it. Yeah, hashtag clear the shelves, and um, we're simply a prelude to what is destined to come. Uh, very elusive on the uh, on mm-hmm. the post, but it sounds like they're doing exactly that. They're either going to come out with their own juice with different names or we might just not ever see 1856 and 1820 again 1884 I mean well you know they've blown up so much over the last few years so I'm really excited to see what they're what they're going to hit the market with next yeah I agree with that and I, I enjoy their journey we talk all the time that was the first uh, episode on the show and those dates are significant in uncle the uncle nearest lineage I want to say 1820, which I think is the best one I've had from them. 1820 is your... Yeah, which is the hardest one to find of all of them. Yeah. Um, that's like the cash strength, and it's aged a little bit longer. Um, that was the year he was born. Mm-hmm. And then the two main offerings were 1884, that was the white label, mm-hmm. and 1856. And I want to say 1856 is the year he got married. married and then 1884 is the year he retired. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, um, excellent job of storytelling from the good folks at Uncle Nearest down in uh, Tennessee. Shelby, Tennessee. Not to be confused with Shelby, Kentucky, which is something we've done. Yes. Well, we but. messed up a whole trip. I'm like, oh, we 
point. Shelbyville is just 45 minutes away from Louisville. Not. Yeah. It's not. Um, and, you know, speaking of Tennessee, you know, we don't really have much news this week, but we always talk about, um, you know, flip a bottle over and you can see where, at least where it's distilled from. Mm. And if you see that um, Uncle Nearest is still in Tennessee, you know, the I haven't read anything from Jack Daniels officially, but the but the the messaging at a distributor level is that Jack Daniels doesn't have any liquid that they are um, selling to other distilleries. Right. So if you see something from Tennessee, we have to make the presumption that it's Dickel. Right. Mm-hmm. We have to presume it's Dickel. So when you flip over whether it's an Uncle Nearest or um, whether it's Scotty Pippen's digits. Or you just see the hand. <laughs> A big Bulls fan, and you saw Scotty Pippen charging seven dollars for Dickel. It just pissed me off. You know, four year Dickel, by the way. Um, or you know, whether it's Uncle Nearest or Scotty Pippen, or this resilient that we picked up this week. If you see Tennessee on the back, it sounds like we can just assume it's Dickel at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I brought that up is because uh, in our travels this week, we picked up a bottle of sixteen year old resilient from uh, BC Merchant. You know, I'll read you the mash bill here and you we can do the math. Uh, 84 corn, 8 rye, 8 malted barley, 107 proof. This came highly recommended from our local bottle shoppy. So I've never heard of this crew a day in my life, Shalanda. Resilient. Well, you know, we're going to give it a try. You know, we're going to have to check it out and see what it do, what it do, baby. Yeah. We're definitely going to get to the bottom of it. Um, this is a this is a 16-year offering. They have a 14, a 15, a 16, and even in the front case where all the fancy bottles are, there was a 17 finished in uh, Tawny Port wine barrels. Mm-hmm. So, oh, but you flip this over, and it's distilled in Tennessee and bottled by BC Merchants in uh, Stanford, Kentucky. Um, so if you look up BC Merchants, they actually have a Chicago location. So, uh-huh. so yeah, you don't know. Um, now, I think on the shelf, 16 years is like as old as we get on the shelf. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a Sam Houston 15, and then there's a Command Cayman 14. And then there's this. It's, so, you know, 16-year-old A-stated product yeah. from Tennessee. We're very curious about that. And, um, yeah. I think that's all we got on the I mean, news yes, side. That's all know? we that's all we got on the news side. We could talk about what we drank a little bit this week. Um What did we drink? Oh, I revisited the grand the old granddad one fourteen. You know, it had been a minute since um we had had it and I just wanted to give it a whirl because I was creating a cocktail using Revolution Brewing's free, Freedom Lemonade. So you know it's like a sour lemon ale. Yeah, so you know how I get creative with the beer cocktails. And because the old granddad has that spice and then you have the sour of the, you know, of the sour ale, I felt that it would just blend it very beautifully, which it did. It turned out to be a really good cocktail. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, Old granddad, big, I want to say like all spice, nutmeg. Mm -hmm. That's all I think about when I drink that. And, you know, that classic Lando Lakes butter. You know. Oh my God! Ever since I said that, you just <laughs> took it and ran with it. <laughs> um, my favorite bottle this week has been um, Four Roses Single Barrel. Now, the OES. The, this is the uh, OESK. OESK. Yeah, which is high rye mash bill. So it's twenty one percent rye. High mash. I, I think you know all their bottles look alike. You know, this they is a, do. So it's like it's very easy to confuse. Like when you're not if you're not paying attention to it. 
Because um, I would have just thought it was just a regular single bar and call it a day. This shit is fantastic. It is very good. $80 play. You'll see it. You'll see a whole display of them at your local shoppy. 11 years old, high ride match bill. I think very few people can touch Four Roses when they do the high ride thing. Now, you know, there's five different match bills there, but I think the high ride is the one that's just like, just brings me the most joy. You know, those, um, Man, I like I like that little strawberry thing that they got going on in there. Yeah, strawberry thing. That little strawberry thing. Like they got, thing, they thing, got, thing. That little strawberry thing they got going on in those, and um, you know the big rod note, and you know just easy. It's not smooth, but it's just an easy, well balanced flavor profile with bring, that brings a lot of joy every, every time. It brings me joy. You know what I mean? So, okay, now that we now that we got all that out the way. Uh, let's talk Penelope. So we talked about the um, now I think Penelope's big thing is four grain, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Illinois Select. There's a Private Select. Mm-hmm. There's a wine finish. And then there's a um, an 80 proof version with the white label. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is a, a crew out of Roselle, New Jersey, wherever the hell that is. And um Four grain brings a lot of brightness to the situation. It does, you know. And uh, I was trying to—I was telling Shalanda, I'm like, I don't know if it's—I don't know if it's red apple or burnt orange or what, but there's definitely a brighter fruit note as opposed to like those very ripe, kind of almost cooked fruit notes. It's like when you first take a bite of a really sweet Washington red apple. Yeah, it's like right there in your face, but. That sweetness does linger from the mid to back palate. It has a pretty long finish, which I am really surprised on with this one. Yeah. Um, I get a wonderful medley of, of both wheat and rice spice, which mm-hmm. I really like. You know, I really have no complaints. Shalana's like, what would you change about this? Or what, what don't you like about because it? Because Nick can be a little picky. And I'm like, well, shit. I just enjoy the fact that it's not... Um, you know, the knock on bourbon compared to like Irish whiskey is that, you know, non-whiskey drinkers will be like, yo, this shit's too sweet. The corn sweetness is too much. I got a buddy, uh, Rurik from like South America, and he hates fucking bourbon. All He's all about the um, the scotch yeah. or the Jameson, the Irish whiskey, mm-hmm. that Irish, that barley and those bright peppery notes. Mm-hmm. He's into that way more than he is into the, the richer, sweeter kind of corn and caramel notes of, of American bourbon. And then the oak's doing that, too, because mm-hmm. those those other whiskeys are previously used. This is new oak. So that, that plays into it. But he's not with the sweetness, mm-hmm. you know. And that's what I like about this four grain versus the other bourbons we've had that we named this week is that this thing has a very kind of lively palate, mm-hmm. but then still brings it home with those classic bourbon flavors. It does. It so, brings it yeah. back. Yeah. So that's the, uh, the, that's the Illinois Private Select that right. we talked about. That comes in at... 111.6 proof, right? And then on the other side, we've got um, the four grain toasted barrel. Mm-hmm. So same MGP juice, but they took it and they did a toasted barrel thing with it. Oh. Yeah. So what else can we know? What else can we find out about that? Real quick, while we take a sip. Mm. I don't know. Um. So of these two, which two? Which one do you favor more? Man. Whenever I get toasted, though, toasted marshmallow, man. Toasted marshmallow, a little bit of campfire, like a little bit of char, mm-hmm. a little bit of like a char dessert, like a creme brulee, right? I get that right away. And that's yes. the biggest difference between these two. That's really fun. 
Yeah, this one, the toasted barrel, it for me, it gives it that a little bit of the sweet caramel. It gives like your, you know, it's almost like, you know, like the the caramel candy that kind of melts in your mouth. Not the weathers, but the hard one that comes in the squares. And as soon as you put it in your mouth, it just starts to melt. I'm, it's giving that. Maybe it's that old lady church candy vibes. My grandmother used to always keep those in her purse okay. to keep, so we could behave in church. But yeah, it's that for me. Whereas the barrel strength is the fruit forward. It's the Washington apple. It's the oak. It's um, the sweetness. Maybe a little bit of citrus fruits um, in that one. But both of these have really good, really amazing finishes. Oh shit! My only knock on the um, on the toasted barrel is that it's a little too much heat for me. Really, I would. I think so. I don't think so because I, I mean it's so funny because we've had so many other bourbons when they heat, like for instance, Granddad. It had that. It bought that heat. This one is is mellowing with with the with the sweetness, so I'm not getting a lot of heat with this one. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah, and every palate's not the same, so I'm not here to disagree with what you're tasting. I ain't worried if you was. No. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Tone, tone. <laughs> yeah. What did Morris Day say? No. <laughs> I think what Morris Day said specifically was, "Don't make me." You need to put some trouble. You need to put some trouble no. on that bass before you end up with a Stacey Adams in your ass. <laughs> That's what he said. Ah, uh, that was Nick's favorite part of Graffiti movie. Bridge. Um, for the record, if we're ranking Prince films um, under the period, Cherry Moon ranks way higher than Graffiti Bridge. <laughs> on soundtrack alone, and the fact that it's all black and white movie. So we're we're done. We're done with the Graffiti Bridge type talk. <laughs> Tavin Campbell saved that fucking movie, <laughs> which is the weirdest shit. I, I think I have such a huge <laughs> crush on Tavin Campbell. I was like, man, the weirdest thing I, I think I've ever seen. Old said. watching young Tavin Campbell sing. <laughs> Thank God for Tavin Campbell is what I said when I was watching fucking Graffiti Bridge because that was the best part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back on track. But yeah, back to the Penelope. You know, um, places like. And, you know, off-premise ain't the only place like this, but there are places that are going out their way to say, hey, we're not doing the dance. We're not buying your vodka and your, we're not buying your cinnamon vodka. We're not buying your distilled 159 times vodka. We're not playing this game to get your allocated products. We're just going to introduce the people to new shit. But you know what? And I think for me, if I was to have a bottle shop that sold bourbon and beer, which we both know that's my dream, um... I would definitely do it that way because it's so much other good bourbon out here for you don't have to play the song and dance because at the end of the day, yes, people may run and try to flock to Weller and, you know, the other hard to get, but it's other great bourbons that are hitting the market that's just as good as the old expensive staple, so. Yeah, man, whether it's uh, Double Oaked, Peerless, or even that barrel, the barrel one that uh, the seagrass yeah you know bottles or bottles that we are completely gone from the bar like guidance you know which is a black owned distillery that it's distilling in iowa of all places mm-hmm. we really enjoyed their product we did and i thought it was completely gone until you pull out like a corner yeah um there's actually like a quarter of it left um yeah but the point is i think with this episode is like hey you know this bottle if you look at the bottle the bottle it has a very similar shape to like uh should be collection yeah, it's got so that same style bottle, just that long, elegant kind of wine bottle. Because vibe. I enjoy both of these. Now I, I'm i willing to go back to, to Benny's to get the barrel strength on the red label that we've seen. Yeah, that, yeah. and it's all about, um, it encourages us to explore when these when shops take a stand and say, hey, 
really go out your way to try something else. And try I, something you know, new. And so I think that's the whole point of, of this episode. I, you know, it's funny because the growth I see in Nick, I'm so proud of him. Because if you look back, when we... When we first started this, Nick was all about chasing the the super expensive rare bottles. And I'm saying, hey, there's a, some really good stuff on the shelves that we need to look at. And look, at here are you now. It's called, in the words of Kelly from Insecure, it's called growth. Yeah, no doubt. I think, um, you know, if we're doing a show, we, we need to have heavy hitter bottles, you know, at the end of the day. Right. Mm-hmm. We was why are people tuning in? Oh, because there's some cool shit on here, and, and I might not have it, or I have it. I just want to know what they thought about it. I think that needs to be a component, but that can't be the only component. So I agree with you. There needs to be this dual approach. You know, Big Boy was totally different from uh, Andre 3000. Mm-hmm. You know, there needs to be a layer. Those are the best groups, right? You know, where the the, the components of the group are totally are different from each other. Well, you know, you know what they say: variety is the spice for life. Yeah, we don't know. Uh, we didn't got to that part where we're quoting them. <laughs> where we're getting, where we're where we're doing these quotes and shit. So I think um I think we might be at the end of our journey for this one. Um oh but yeah, so explore non distilled producers and then ask these local bottle shops that you fuck with, because they're sampling a lot of this shit. Ask mm-hmm. them what have you sampled that you were really excited about that motherfuckers might not know about. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how we came across this resilient, which I'm excited about. And that's how we came about to across this Penelope. So There you have it, folks. Um, I think that's all we got, Shalana. We got anything else? That's all. Oh, you know what? Let's give a shout out to uh Black Bur- Bourbon Maverick. Um, he sent us some information for the Black Bourbon Run, which is taking place September 23rd of 2022. You know, they do, you know, they have a whole little lineup of activities. So if you're interested in checking that out, I think it's like $125 per person. Um, you are SVP by March 31st. So we're actually considering checking it out this year. I mean, you know. You know, the videos got me excited. I know, right? I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, September 23rd. Um $125. And then, you know, they put together an event schedule for you. But mm-hmm. then I'm excited about this hotel that they suggest everyone stay at. It's called um, Hotel Distill. Hotel Distill. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we're, we're huge fans of Black Bourbon Run. You know, the quality of their of their post-edit game. Yeah. Very strong. Please teach us your ways because we don't edit shit over here. <laughs> and, we, you know, we prefer. I'm learning to, as I go. You know, it's hard. We definitely would prefer to. We just haven't gotten to that point of the journey yet. It's so. more of Shalonda has to learn as she goes, and it, it becomes a headache sometimes. Yeah, man. So, um, but yeah, I think that's all we got, man. Yeah, that's it. So, where can I find you individually? Hey, man, I'm on Twitter at Nicosio. And I am on, I'm Afrobeer Chick on all the social medias, and you can catch us collectively at.